He can sympathize with our weaknesses. He understands everything we're going through. Jesus was betrayed by his closest friends. His earthly father passed away when he was young. Jesus never dated or married anyone. He suffered great physical pain. Jesus was abused and taken advantage of. He got angry and upset. Jesus was homeless. He was overcome with agony, grief, and stress. He was hungry and thirsty. Hanging on the cross, he felt as if God abandoned him. Jesus lost one of his best friends. He was ridiculed and mocked. People made up lies about him, and Jesus cried hard. Welcome to Couch Time, where we give you tools to connect with your kids and point them to Jesus. I'm Josh. And I'm Ryan, and we are jumping back into our book study with chapters 13 and 14 of the book alongside. Um, chapter 13 was called The Feast, uh, and it was just a great, great reminder, and a, really a, an, an exposition of, of meals and, mm-hmm. and feasting together yeah. and one anothering in that way. And uh, I, just, I just thought it was really, really, really helpful. Um, I love just the picture that it's set of when we have meals together. Yep. Like we can think even bigger than the family, but this is also kind of addressed to the family. When we have meals together, they're intimate things. Mm-hmm. I loved how he talked about how in Jewish culture, uh, sharing a meal was some, something that was like an intimate sign of friendship. Right. It wasn't just like we just have people over all the time and yep. we don't really care, but it was kind of an extending the hand of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to somebody, to a family, to to whoever, uh, and just the beauty that happens when we practice those kinds of things in our own home. But man, I was like, I w- I was surprised at some of the numbers that they cited from that study hmm. that talked about how little um, families are actually eating together and having conversation together at the table. Um, that was just that just surprised me. I don't know. Did that surprise you? Uh, that did that strike? It doesn't surprise you at all. No. Yeah. It, do, it didn't surprise me. Um, it's sobering. It can just be so easy to either want to be entertained, sure, and and that be a time to turn off your brain, or you're just going, going, going. Um, and so I I think I I totally get why family dinners can can just kind of slip. Mm. I I get that. Um, and but I think the thing that this chapter is really going after is this can be such an awesome opportunity. In, in one of the st- studies, it was just talking about like what are some of these like positive things that are happening, and one of the contributing factors to each of these things was frequent family dinners. Yeah. And so to be able to like I don't know use that as an opportunity, I think about like just trying to take every opportunity you can mm-hmm. to engage. Uh, to come together and uh, yeah I was thinking about the whole intimate family like friendship thing I think about part of why it's uh it's like that is because sometimes you spill food if you're like me or um you're like chewing and it's it's just like you're shoving food in your mouth and like you spill or whatever and it's it's just so funny like to think about all the things that could happen at a dinner table. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a reason. Plus, people, by and large, like to eat. Sure. And so, like, that that just kind of lowers guards. It's something you're doing, so you don't actually have to focus on, I'm just sitting across from this person. Yeah. With and we're just talking like (laughs) it's an activity too that you're doing together you're also receiving nourishment um 
but man, some of the best conversations come from being around a dinner table. Yeah, I, I just love uh, the idea of, of first building a family culture of having family dinners yeah. or, or having moments like that, whatever that looks like for yep. your family context. Yep. But then I also love just the beauty of inviting others into that family right. culture. So that extending the friendship or um, or even like unbelievers or you know, yeah. neighbors, um, not just with Christians or your Christian community. Yep. Um, I just think it's really important that we, I think hospitality is just a huge theme throughout scripture. Yes. Um, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, just an incredible um, way of loving people, ministering to people. There, there's this quote um, on here that, that was really honestly a bit convicting to me. Um, I was telling Ryan earlier that th- this this whole chapter was just kind of convicting in the way um, I think about uh, specifically like the treasured holiday meals, oh, yeah. right? Um, but on page 75, uh, it says that so often our feasts are for insiders only. Mm. For me, insiders is like my family or like at Thanksgiving we get together with some family friends like, and that's, that, that's like it. Don't get me wrong. There is f- fun in tradition and, and, and being with your family. That's cool. It's important, yeah. But so often our feasts are for insiders only. only. Our homes our church environments, our youth ministries, even the language we use can make outsiders feel as if they're not welcome at the table. Jesus's meal companions were quite a motley crew. Mm-hmm. So who are you eating with? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that was just convicting is like, who who do we share the table with? So parents, I, I'm thinking about for in your context, what friends do you let your kids bring over for dinner? Yeah, yeah. Um, is it just like you know what everybody's welcome, mm-hmm. or are, are you are you pretty strict on like actually only the good kids can come? I think about even just like uh, international students. Yeah. We ha- we have a great international student ministry. Staggering number to me was how many international students never set foot in an American's home while they're over here. Mm-hmm. And so just thinking about like man. I've been super challenged by Ryan and some of the other families in our church who like have brought those international students in. So uh, parents, I'm talking as somebody who like this is super challenging to me in a way that like I am terrible at this. Mm -hmm. So these are things that I want to grow in. I want to think about Mm -hmm. how how I can do this because I know like when I've been over at other people's houses or when we we have actually had people over. It's like, man, it is so, so fun. We can barely get away from the dinner mm-hmm. table because we're just talking, um, enjoying each other. Guards are down, and it's just awesome. So I, I, I know for me, I want to think more strategically about how can I have more people over and who do I have over? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I appreciate what you just said just a few moments ago about thinking carefully about, like, uh, influences on our kids. Yep. I know we as parents have to, are, are thinking about who's influencing our kids. And I know there's some level of like wanting to protect and right. care for our kids. Totally. But I also think we sometimes miss the opportunity to model yeah. actually how Jesus lived. Right. You know, Jesus was, was ridiculed for, for spending time with sinners, right? Yeah. He was ridiculed for eating with people that the Pharisees didn't think he should spend time with. Right. He was ridiculed for, uh, for sitting at a table with people who they would, they wouldn't be caught dead with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I think there's a, I understand the importance of like, hey, if there's a place that we don't want to allow our kids because we feel like it'd be unsafe, like I totally get that. But 
I think we have an opportunity then to invite those people in. Yes. Like and make our our place the place where we can shepherd and, and show our kids how to love people and and uh, and allow them to hang out with some kids that are that are that are different than us and yeah. different than our kids and surely we can't spend all of our life all of their life yeah. trying to shun people away right. um but maybe our home can be a place where all people are welcome exactly all right chapter 14 it's called shame man this this was uh super cool the the opening story was about uh a guy who learned that he had leukemia he mm-hmm. uh he, he went bald um because of the chemo and his seven roommates shaved their heads yeah. to be with him right. in that. Yes. Um, it, it was just. It, it, it said one just, of them had a big, ugly head. Right, too. right. It's not like, <laughs> man, you, it's not like Ryan. It's like, <laughs> he looks good, ball. It'd be like if I shaved my head and it's like all dented and stuff. <laughs> but like, just being in it with people um, in their shame. And shame can be caused by multiple different things, right? It could be because of sin. Uh, that uh, we have committed and then sin that has been done to us. Sure. And again, this book keeps pointing back to Jesus. Uh, yeah. this, so glad. <laughs> how about that? Um, it's almost like he's a role model or something yes. uh, for us to model our lives after. But on page 83, it says that Jesus gets us. He experienced what yeah. it's like to be human. Yeah. And um, So that was a quote that I read at the beginning. Yeah. It's just this idea that Jesus understands. Yeah. He has walked in some of the very hard things we've walked. Yep. Uh, and not in every unique situation. Jesus never had to struggle not to look at his iPhone. Right. <laughs> or, but he, but he, he struggled in the same things. kinds of ways as we did. He was betrayed. He was uh, thought, thought less of, made fun of, uh, all of those kinds of things. Um, and so we have a Savior that understands yep. us. Um, man, this was convicting for me mm-hmm. again. Uh, I think about some of my weaknesses in parenting. And... Uh, um, I appreciated some of the ways that they, at the end, talked to specifically to parents. And one of the first things they asked parents to consider is just to remember their childhood. Yeah. And, like, what were some of the ways they felt shame? Yep. And so, parents, that's, I think it's a great question for you to think about. Like, what if you can think back to when you were in middle school and high school, what were some ways or times that you felt ashamed? Yeah. And why was that? Like, yeah. what happened? How did it make you feel? Um, and then I think the thing that was really convicting for me is I started to consider – how often in moments when things are hard with my kids do I add to their shame mm. rather than kind of bear it with them, yeah. rather than sh- rather than share it with yeah. them? I think of how quick I, am, I can be to be embarrassed sometimes yep. of my, my kids. <laughs> I mean, this is a great example. We are at, my, we had a, had a funeral in the family this mm-hmm. past week and my uncle passed away. And my son, Josiah, so he's just, he's almost four. He goes up and look. It's an open casket. He looks at the casket and he walks back. And just about as loud as you can say, he says, "He looks disgusting." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like as loud as you could say oh, it. And it was it was true. It was hard to see. But like in that moment, like my heart was like a bazillion different places. It was like, "What are you saying? <laughs> like <laughs> you can't say that." And then, but at the same time, it's like it was a moment for conversation rather than just for. For, for shaming him. Right. Um, and so he, thankfully, he didn't feel ashamed. He was right. just talking. Um, but I, I had to catch myself because my initial reaction was just like like to, to pour it on rather totally. than to be like, yeah, I know what you mean. Hey, we'll talk about that a little later. Remember we talked about, there's a lot of questions you might have. We'll talk about them a bit later. Yep. I don't know. There's just I just remember that. Yeah. 
I, so I, I think to play off of that, like, what are those things, parents think about this for a second, what are those things that would cause you to be embarrassed? Because mm. um, I think if we don't maybe pre-game for some of these things, oh, yeah. sure. it, it's just easy for us to just react, and mm. the Bible calls us to act. Sure. And so, um, I, yeah, like, what are those things that, like, you're embarrassed by, um, and one, how do you, like, how have you maybe messed up and letting your kid know yeah. how how that's like affected you, um, and maybe where have you done it right? Yeah. And and just say, all right, I want to do that more. How can I like yeah. intentionally uh, be be slow to speak, yeah. be slow to anger, yeah. um, but quick to be gracious. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean we don't talk about it at another time. 100%, I think yep. I think it just means like like you just said, we're slow to speak. Yep. Um, we're, we're slow to be angry. Uh, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. <laughs> right. And when I forget that, um, I honestly believe it can. Like yeah. I do. Like I honestly believe that my anger can produce the righteousness of God. And it's yep. so wrong. Yep. It's anti-biblical. It is yes. against God's word. Yes. Uh, and so. Uh, just just remembering that so you can have those conversations you can like there can be an embarrassing moment and you can not add to shame but still yes. have a conversation later and help bear their shame yes um and say you know what I, that was embarrassing yep. I, I totally get it um you know here's some cultural norms that 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 normally people try to have or try to do and yep. i don't know there's just a lot of ways to talk about those things yeah i think i think one of the ways that we can cause shame to our kids um, is by letting them know in, in a in a very unhelpful way yeah. uh, that they've embarrassed yeah. us, that they've made us look bad. Mm. But if we're trying to be like God, like Jesus, like He never really thought about that. Mm. He He wasn't like you did something I don't like. You're gonna make me look bad, so I'm gonna like distance myself from you, whether it's verbally or physically. He drew near mm. to the people he shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And the people that obviously made him look bad. We've already read a couple parables yeah. or talked about it. And it's like in in the the things that embarrass you or even in your kids' shame, go towards them. But you aren't going to be able to do that without compassion. Yeah. And unt until you can, kind of like what Ryan was saying earlier, put yourself in the shoes of your student, remember the things that caused you shame, the things that were awkward for you in middle school and high school, until you can kind of empathize with them, you're not going to be moved towards compassion. Mm -hmm. And it's out of compassion that you're going to be willing to forget your image, how you look, and draw near. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, Jesus laid his life down right. for us. Yes. So that great exchange that we talk about. Um, and taking on our shame, yeah. taking on our sin, yeah. taking on our rebellion, and giving us his obedience, yeah. his perfection, his righteousness. And so um, it's definitely not our job to pour on the shame right. to our kids. Um, uh, in many ways, we need to think through how do we help lift that. Yes. Um, and most of that is pointing to Jesus, mm -hmm. but, but it's also thinking carefully about how we respond. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and even helping them process the shame. So, like, mm, yeah. it, when it's sin— like point them to hope yeah so yeah that 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 is hard that is bad um 
And that's why we need Jesus. And right. Jesus says that when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes. That in him, in Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. Right. So you, G- God doesn't condemn you if you're in him. So it, if your student isn't, then it's like, oh, you could have this. Like, yeah. You could totally have this. Or if your student does, it's like, this is something you have yeah. in him. So mm-hmm. point them the truth. But if it's... Again, if it's sin that's been done to them, mm-hmm. um, helping them process that, um, mm-hmm. drawing them out, making sure you understand how they feel. Don't. Uh, so- sometimes you need to help them with uh, the the processing words and language um, for them to kind of get w- what's what's gone on and why that's hard and bad and mm-hmm. sad and why that's okay to feel sad over it, um, but. Also, just not presuming that they must feel a certain way sure. or whatever, because everybody's at different yeah. stages. Um, so j- just drawing them out, especially in shame that has been done to them, is super, I think, helpful. Yeah. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than this, uh, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Mm. And so let's just pray. Jesus, thank you that you laid down your life for us. You took on our shame, our guilt, our our sin, our rebellion, uh, and replaced it with your perfect obedience and righteousness. Um, Lord, help us as we parent. Help us as we love students. Help us to, uh, to lean more into that kind of humility um, that we might help. Uh, we might be able to help lift shame um, as we point them to you, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.